This is the Super Sports Schools Podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars, powered by Spurs Stake Ranchers. One, two, three, go! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Sports Schools Podcast. I'm Alex White, and a couple episodes ago, when we had Niels Mumberg on for the two-episode series talking all things school cricket and the youth pipeline into professional cricket, he said that more than 80% of the Proteas ever have come from just 37 schools. Something like that. Go back to the episode, have a listen, and you'll hear the exact fact. But it's something like that, and it's extraordinary. It means that for our sport to be successful, and it's similar in other sports as well, across the country, we need to get people with talent into very few schools, as well as build up all the other schools so that that number can change on both levels. Now, what that means is unless people with talent make it into elite sporting schools like Kez, where I am today in Joburg, they're not really going to have the best chance of succeeding. And until we have developed hundreds of elite sporting schools across the country, rather than just tens, it's going to be a challenge. So for now, where that challenge lies is getting people into schools like this. And if families can't afford it, it often falls to organizations and foundations to assist. But that comes with its added extra of difficulties because often changing environments for people comes with more challenges and makes it very difficult to succeed and thrive. So to work through all of this in today's episode, I talked to Jonathan Gaber from the TAG Foundation which supports boys here at Kez and girls at Parktown Girls about these challenges and why TAG Foundation has been so successful. Okay, so my name is Jonathan Gerber and I am the, I suppose you'd call me the head of the TAG Foundation or the founder together with my wife, Tracy. Um, and I run a travel company called Travel Assignment Group where the TAG comes from. Um, and that's where we sort of started the foundation from. So to start off, Super Sports Schools podcast, we want to get a bit of an idea of how you fit in with sport, what's been your journey through sport. We know you've been involved from, from a young age. Yeah, so I, I attended King Edward uh, School in Johannesburg. Um, I played. I was fortunate enough to play Cravenwick. Uh, I then went to Stellenbosch University where I played rugby and came back to Johannesburg where I played at the Wanderers and uh, fortunately got selected to play rugby for Transvaal as well. Okay, so so rugby is definitely yeah. Rugby was you. was my thing. Yeah, uh, I also did athletics. I played cricket, um, but rugby was probably the one that I excelled at the most. Okay, cool. And now the Tag Foundation that you're involved in, obviously, uh, part of it is around sports, but it does so much more than that. Mm. So, for someone who might not have heard of what the Tag Foundation is, what it does, uh, can you? Yeah, so uh, Tag Foundation we started it in two thousand and nine. Uh, and really, we just wanted to try and make a difference. I, I believe that in South Africa, um, you know, it's very easy to complain about everything and the load shedding and what goes on. But uh, there's not that many people that put their hands up and actually try and do some good. And my wife and I together decided that education was probably the biggest element lacking in South Africa. Um, and for South Africa to succeed, schools like King Edwards, the Ronda Bosches, the Parktown Girls, those sorts of government in- institutions – uh, we think that they they are basically the backbone to the success of South Africa. And uh, we're in a fortunate position that uh, I run a pretty successful travel company. Um, and we we had to, from a BE perspective, we had to put together something to do it. And, and I thought rather than just 
you know, get the points and tick the box. Let's do something proper. Uh, and that's really, I suppose, how, how the TAG Foundation started. Um, and it's grown into something way bigger than we ever anticipated or thought that it would be. Um, and we now support uh, 37 boys at, uh, sorry, 39 boys this year at King Edwards. Uh, and we have seven girls at, at Parktown Girls. Um, and really, it's, it's, uh, what we try and do is select talented individuals that, that financially otherwise wouldn't be able to attend the school. Mm. Um, and talent do- doesn't just mean the sport, but sport obviously plays a big part in, in, school, in schools, as we all know. Um, but we also look at academics, um, where they come from, the, the potential of the children, that sort of stuff. How important is that um, holistic support? Because I'm going to go on a little bit here. What I've known from coming up in uh, for, for going through a Quintel 5 school, an all-boys school, is that sometimes when you take someone from an environment where they literally have nothing, where we always say like food is a struggle, to, to have enough food a day is a struggle, and then you give them a scholarship, put them in a Quintel 5 school, it's something that for, for me and for many people is very difficult to understand how that sudden and complete change in environment isn't always the easiest to adapt to. And you think yeah. you just give yeah. them everything yeah, and they'll yeah. be, be able to succeed. Yeah. And I know examples of boys from when I was at school who would be great at sport. They would come in um, and, and the academics would, would completely tank mm. because there wasn't support around that. It's just expected that you're now in this great environment and you should succeed. Yeah. Whereas adapting to it is something that's actually quite difficult and especially considering that there are so many limited opportunities in professional sport to let the academics fall away and all the other things is yeah. is not always great so how important is it for tag and what how does tag make sure that the all-round support is there yeah so i suppose uh, that's that's the critical role that my, my wife plays together with the teachers at the various schools um and we make it known that this is not a, a sports scholarship. Most of the boys will tell you that it is because that's mm. obviously, you know, where, they, where, where their security lies. Um, but the, the, the school has been incredible in terms of extra support, extra lessons. And you can't believe how these kids have battled through COVID where, where most of them or many of them have not actually attended full-time school for, for their last couple of years mm. at, at the primary school. Um, so whilst there was already a gap of the guys coming into grade eight and, and in terms of what is expected at, at these schools, um, it's probably ex- exacerbated by COVID. Um, but we're very fortunate. Uh, King Edwards, the, the staff are incredible. Um, if, if I can put it that way, my wife sort of acts as the, as the mother to, to these guys. Most of them go to boarding school. Uh, and we choose to put them in boarding school because they get – obviously access to prep, they get the, the, the three meals a day, they get all that sort of stuff. We, we do provide some boys with uniforms. It depends on, on the needs of the kids. Um, but the, 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 the actual teachers have been incredible. They, they run extra lessons for the boys. They do prep at, the, at Buxton with them. Um, and it really has been incredible. And, and our boys are under no illusions. Um, it's going to be quite interesting now. We had 12 matriculants from last year. And their results are about to come out. Uh, and we're actually expecting some, some very good results from them. So whilst they might have been considered or, or brought into the school as top sportsmen or whatever, um, there's no doubt that, that academics is, is our single biggest drive uh, in terms of a foundation and what we can do. And I think the irony in there when you say it's not a sports scholarship 
will actually be more beneficial because often the sport is isn't the part that needs the most work mm. right at, at obviously you, you can refine it um, have better coaching more technical analysis gyms etc but if they're already talented they're talented so yeah. the sport's not the part they're going to struggle with yeah. so i think that the focus is on academics yeah. is great yeah um and and what's what's incredible for us so i i, put, I tweeted a, a picture the other day of of three of our guys of old tag foundation old boys if i can call yeah. them that yeah um and and the three of them are senzo who was who was one of our tag boys talented rugby player went to Poch university got a degree but as you said you know the the chances of becoming a professional sportsman are, are so small mm. or, or limited but he now runs the program for us he's our program manager within tag uh, so he lives in Buxton with the boys uh, and he's sort of a father figure. So we've always got a, a point of contact with the boys. They, they don't just get lost in the system. Mm. Uh, and that's very important to us. Uh, the second guy was uh, Foxy and Clerky. Also, he was a good rugby player. It sounds like I'm talking about a rugby a lot, but it's, these are just the examples. Uh, and he's just recently started at King Edward's Preparatory School. Uh, so he's going to be taking guys through their own journey. He's also at... at um, Gordon House, which is the grade nine boarding house. He's a, he's a resident master there. Um, and then the third boy is is a guy called, well, his nickname is Bazooka. Uh, and he was a very good cricketer. He was yeah. a fast bowler. Uh, and he's on a program. And imagine called, being Bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on a program through Realema where, okay. where he's learning to become a teacher. So they put him through varsity. Um, he's, he's at King Edwards as sort of a, not bigger, more than a stooge, but he's, he's learning how to teach and, and do all that. And he's now in his fourth year of his degree. So there's three shining examples of where these guys thought ultimately, you know, I, I, I've got a chance of becoming a, um, a talented sportsman and they putting yeah. something back into educating young men going forward, which we're extremely proud of. So that's three examples of people who've come in for sports and are now able to do something meaningful they have paths laid out for them and not necessarily in sport yeah. uh, which is which is great and then su success stories when it when it comes to sport uh, i'm sure there's a fair share of those as well yeah so uh, last year so so uh, well let's let's talk about sport and let's talk about other things so we've we've had three deputy head boys in, in our tenure yeah. as as we've done this um the deputy head boy of king edwards last year to bang and parfi he's a a South African schools captain last year. Um, and he uh, has got a contract with the Lions. So he's just starting his professional rugby career. Yeah. Um, Keegan Glade, I don't know if you remember him. Now, he's, he's, uh, he also played South African schools. He was a, a loose head prop, very talented guy, but he's just qualified as a CA. Um, so, you know, you know what, what these kids do with, with the – after after school has just been absolutely incredible. Um, there are the success stories of the sport, Tabang obviously being one of them. Uh, Keegan still playing sort of uh, varsity cup rugby, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, but I think we try and instill in the boys that that you know there's there is life after sport. We don't want to squash their dreams, absolutely not. Um, but keep it realistic. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and and, and focusing on the academics. Yeah. So so some of our boys. So our, our matrix from last year, um, uh, Mango has got a. He's going to um, UJ. He's got a rugby scholarship. Um, uh, 
Bandile has got a scholarship also, I think, either through Vits or UJ. Also, so so they're playing their sport, but they're getting an education past to you know they're getting a tertiary yeah. education. So so that's very important to us, and and that's where a guy like Marco Engelbrecht, the, the King Edwards High School first team coach, he really believes in in instilling a proper team culture, and and that there's life beyond just the four white lines. That that you have to be doing something other than that. I think that's so important what you mentioned about having a scholarship to play sports but at a university where you also have to learn and we've spoken about it actually previously on the podcast with Niels Momberg from Cricket South Africa yeah. saying how much he values the uh, cricket universities and the role they play and we use the example it's in America if you want to go far in sport you have to play college yeah. sports and so in theory then you you're getting the academics as well and I mean, it just comes back to the theme of there not being that many opportunities mm. in sport. But also, I think as people take sport further, maybe play at university, they see that they can maybe try their hand at coaching. They can get involved in other ways um, if they want to stay involved in sport, but then also having other options yeah. available to them. Yeah, I think, look, for, for us, I mean, every, every schoolboy dreams, well, most schoolboys I know dream of playing at some stage for their country be it cricket, rugby, athletics, swimming, water polo, whatever it might be. Um, and, and our role is to try and instill that dream and keep that dream alive for as long as possible. But at the same time, give the guys a proper education that they get the benefits of those five years at a very good school, proper education, and hopefully get, get a varsity degree at the end of it all. Spur back bacon is like having fillet for breakfast. Because back bacon has more meat and less fat. And we grill that back bacon at 350 degrees. Then serve it with two large eggs, golden chips, grilled tomato, toast and jam. And at only $49.90 for our unreal breakfast. Why not bring the whole family? Spur. People with a taste for life. T's and C's apply. And then you mentioned earlier the numbers of boys. Uh, also now girls are obviously much fewer, but I'm mm. sure that's going to be... Yeah, so, so the, the, the girls is a, is a recent thing for us. We've only had girls on the program for the last three years. Mm. Um, and girls, is a, it's, a very, it's been a very different experience for us because they are so much more diligent academically than the boys are. <laughs> um, and it's actually incredible to see. And, and the results that they get academically compared to the boys is just astounding, really. Um, What's also become evident to us, though, is the opportunities for them to attend universities are way more limited than the boys from a sports perspective. Yeah. Um, and that's probably just because of budgets. You know, Varsity Cup's a big thing. Uh, yeah. they, they're trying to do the netball, that sort of stuff. But, but it hasn't kicked off quite to the degree mm. of, you know, rugby mad South Africans and Varsity Cup. Yeah. Um, so so that's, that's been a very interesting thing for us. Um, different challenges. Um, and COVID also with, with the girls, it, they haven't been, well, our experience is that they haven't been quite as sturdy and tough as, as the young guys have been. Um, so, so that's required a lot more um, sort of support from my wife. Um, we've got a lady, uh, Stephanie, who's a teacher at Parktown Girls who, who does the role of a senzo at Parktown. So, so again, we've got touch points with the girls at all opportunities. It's not just a come into the school get a bursary and then, you know, good luck. It's, it's really how you're doing, how yeah. can we help, what are you battling with, where do you need support and, and taking it from there. It's quite interesting that it's almost the inverse challenge 
uh, to the boys in terms of the the limited opportunities afterwards. And I mean, I know that we talk about uh, the the next big thing for sport is tapping into the women's market for for various sports that haven't done it before. We've seen in South Africa, especially women's crickets exploding. Mm-hmm. Banyana Banyana um, are doing well, but those are two teams, and there are a lot more sports and. Mm. There are a lot of opportunities that just aren't there. So I think the fact that academically they already like so studious and, and, and focused on that it is good because then they can get into those universities. And and then I think that the challenge, unlike for the boys, is the then the sporting side. Yeah. Look, it's weird as well because what tends to happen, boys boys' sports, the, the government schools and the private schools are pretty good at, at you know, there's good mm. schools from both. Um, within the, the government school space, the private schools do tend to be better equipped. They've got better coaches. They probably play in a little bit better leagues. Uh, and I think the challenge for, for a school like Park Town Girls is, is to try and not make sport the priority, but to try and get to compete on a level foot, footing with like a St. Mary's, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And whilst they do play them, um, those are not sort of the – the, the usual fixtures, if I can put it that way. So, yeah. you, you know, my own schooling, I, I loved the fact that, that you could play sport, learn, get an education, ultimately go to varsity, get a degree, yeah. um, and it allowed you to do all that sort of stuff. Um, I, think, I think with the Park Town girls, they, they see the sport, and I'm talking on their behalf, which is maybe unfair, but I think they see the sport less of a means to an end, and the education is their sort of, primary goal yeah. uh, so, and, and, and the sport is sort of a, a nice to have and y'all will compete but it's not the be all and end all where some, some boys school obviously that, that does become sort of the be all and end all of, of the program which, which is not really, doesn't fit in with exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah and going back to the start when you were mentioning that this has been born um, or it's got a lot bigger than you thought it would ever be the TAG Foundation uh, and, and it started because you are passionate about education and the impact it can make. I think always the the difficulty with foundations is wanting to help everyone, and you, yeah. and you simply can't. Yeah. And so that selection process and finding who to put into the TAG Foundation and making sure that it's then also someone who is benefiting from it and doesn't waste the opportunity they're given, whereas somebody else could have benefited, yeah. that must be a, a challenge it, it, it really is a challenge, and that's where my wife plays a massive role. So, so we work together with the school. So we don't physically go out and, and look for boys or girls ourselves. Mm. Um, we allow the schools to do that, and then they say, we believe that this guy or this girl is, is the sort of person we want at our school. My wife would then go and interview them, um, get a feel of you know, what she thinks of them, probably meet the parents, get an idea as to background, um, and then we'd take it from there. And, and we obviously know what, what resources we have for the, for the next year, so how many we can take on. Um, and then we, we play it according to that. But it, it, it's probably one of the hardest things, you know, not being able to say yes to every, every single needy child, and there are thousands of them out there. For this year, 2023, do you kind of look each year and think we want to expand, uh, take on more, or is it more like those who we do have, we want to give them the best yeah, it's, it's, it's a combination of combination, both. So, yeah. so we are reliant on outside funders. Yeah. We, we put a lot of our own funding in, but, but we are reliant in many respects to outside funders. And we've been very fortunate in that regard. I mean, TAG Foundation started off with 
literally it was one night, a big party for all our mates. We'd do an auction, they'd give us some money and we'd put some boys and girls through school. Um, but it's become so much more than that. Um, we've now got money that resides with Klukas Gray that's invested on behalf of his children so that if anything were to happen to us or to TAG, that the kids that we've currently got in the system would be looked after. Um, but it really depends on people. So, so we've got many great examples. Uh, unfortunately, a guy that attended school just after me, um, Trini Lopez, his son died, um, and they've just we've we've currently taken on two boys in his name on the Daniel Lopez scholarship, um, that's funded through his matric class of 1991, uh, and the and he's a, he was a a very talented water polo player. So they've chosen two water polo boys that mm. they've chosen. Mm. But, but because we run sort of a quite a, a tight scheme with where we look after the boys, we mentor them, uh, we've got Senzo, all those types of things, they've decided to, to do that fundraising through the TAG Foundation. So it depends. Some things like that come about. Um, and when those come about, then, then, then we take it on. And, and I think within the King Edwards community, um, we're still getting there with Parktown, but it's improving. Uh, they they know what tag does, so so we sort of become the first port of call if if they're thinking about something or so that that's really been beneficial to us. And you mentioned that um, it's not tag who obviously goes out and chooses the ideal candidates, but obviously has some hand in in the final decision. I was going to ask with supersport schools now covering matches, covering various sports. They're able to to watch back games. Coaches can use it. Talent can be found. Um, I guess not so much in the talent finding, but in the keeping track of seeing development. Have you noticed an impact? Is it anything? Look, there, there's absolutely no doubt that that first of all, school sport attracts a massive amount of interest. Mm. Uh, in my mind, we we've got the cameras up at King Edwards, um, so so there's always the opportunity to be watching those games. I know what it means to the boys because I've spoken to them about it. Uh, and as you said, they can go and watch clips, even just for, you know, for Varsity Cup and that. They use the platform to create their own clips to, to on-sell exactly. to scouts, yes. um, yeah. which which I think is magnificent. You know, in my day, you, you relied on somebody who said, oh, that guy can play a bit. You know, that was sort of the, the sum total of, of what you did, whereas now there's real live video evidence uh, of what's going on. Uh, and also, you know, from a, from a school community perspective, I mean, we've got hundreds of bo- thousands of, of old boys that live overseas or, or live in Cape Town or Durban or Port Elizabeth. Uh, and this and the platform just allows them to still to support, albeit from afar, still to support their school and see what's going on. Um, and, you know, schools like, like ours, they rely tremendously on, on the support of old boys and that sort of stuff financially. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say as an opportunity for old boys um also coming from an old boys school i know how much old boys contribute mm. uh, especially uh around sport but also to put people through school so that they can benefit from those various opportunities and i yeah. think it being available all across the world you can be a part of that i guess sporting fever mm. which hopefully and i'm sure does make people more willing to contribute yeah. whereas before unless you've stayed in the city where your school is and maybe you attend reunions every now and then, that would kind of be the yeah. only opportunity to yeah. sell the school back to its... Well, I just know students. from my own experience, I mean, when, when I left school, I went to Stellenbosch for four years. And, and through no fault of my own or the schools, that, that sort of prevented any sort of contact other than maybe the odd game in the holidays or whatever. 
those same people, me now in that position, I can I can take part or if I wanted to, I can watch the games every weekend. Um, I, I think it's a massive, you know, so you don't miss out on those on those years. I think it's a fantastic platform. Looking to the future now for the Tag Foundation, what are you most excited about? Um, if there's anything, you can also maybe look back in hindsight what's been most exciting and then what's most exciting for, for the future. Yeah, so most exciting is is obviously seeing the kids get an education and, and, and watching their dreams come true. Um, at King Edwards, the, the first team is called the Reds and, and many of them aspired to play for the Reds, be it cricket, rugby, uh, basketball, water polo, whatever it may be. So the first thing I'd say is watching those dreams become a reality. Um, the second thing I think very critical for us is, is producing proper young men mm. or women, proper South Africans that can contribute, that can add value to society. Um, and this year I can without question say that our 12 matriculants leaving, uh, there isn't one of them that won't be in a position to be able to add value to this country. And I think that's ultimately what, what drives us to, to continue doing what we're doing and ultimately to drives our supporters to see, to see the success as well. So that's really amazing. And of course, you know, Monday nights, normally there wasn't anything to do. Now hopefully we can watch some of our boys playing varsity cup rugby. Um, we can see them getting an education at the same time. Uh, what you've heard about Senzo, Foxy and Bazooka giving back, you know, those for us, that's just, it's, it's gold dust for us. Johnny, thanks so much. That's an incredible story. We wish you obviously all the best and we're excited to see where where it goes from here and looking forward to, to many more success stories and thank you. I'm sure we'll chat to you again in the future. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And, and if I can just say thank you for the opportunity um, and for those people that, that don't know the Tag Foundation, we do have a website. Uh, they can just tagfoundation.co.za um, and they can go on and see. There are profiles of all our children on there, boys and girls, uh, as well as some accomplishments and all our newsletters that we send out uh, three times a year. So, if they wouldn't mind just going to have a look at it and, and where they can support, be it anecdotally, be it financially, whatever. But thank you for the opportunity. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Tag Foundation is exciting. It's had many success stories and I really like its focus on a more holistic approach where it is a foundation to support you at school first and sport second. I really think that's the way to go. To be successful in sport is to not actually focus uh, on the sport. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Supersport Schools podcast. If you liked it, if you have any comments, if it made you think of anything, and if you just want to comment on the future of South African sport, find Supersport Schools by just searching Supersport Schools on any of our major social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, etc. And remember that you can watch all our Supersport Schools episodes on the Supersport Schools app. You can also follow it there so you don't miss any new episodes. And you can listen wherever it is you get your podcasts. This was another Supersport Schools episode brought to you by Spur. I'm Alex White, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been the Supersport Schools podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars, powered by Spur Steak Ranchers.